Hello and welcome back to the Northern Traditions Podcast, episode 103, or season 2, episode 3, however you're keeping track. We were formerly known as the Folk Podcast. I'll say that for a few episodes more before people get used to it. Uh, but we're back yet again. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. We might have to take a break because I'll be relocating here soon, and I don't know... I got. I think I only got like nine days left in Scotland before I head down to London. So, oh really? I'm running out of time. But yeah, I'll be back. I'll long. be back. Yeah, I, I have had a, a a busy three weeks here. <laughs> oh, Lord, it yeah. feels like you just got there. That's crazy. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's kind of scary. But I will be spending uh, most of April, May, and part into June in Scotland as well. Uh, mostly going down to London. My dad is uh, having a business trip down there. So it's the first time my dad's ever traveled abroad. And I figured it'd be really cool to hang out with my dad. I've never been to London. I'll check it out. I know there's a lot of cool Viking artifacts in the National mm. Museum there. Um, but it's a massive city. Like it is massive. And I'm just not sure. I'll be curious to see what videos I'm making while I'm in London. Yeah. Like I feel That's like I'll, awesome. have to, I'll be stuck filming in the parks. I feel like is where I'll have to film. Oh, yeah, probably if it's like, uh, yeah, it is a big ass city. And like, yeah, like, oh, I don't know we're going to, uh, yeah. this, this is going to be pretty bustling. Yeah, it's already been kind of hard. To, I've literally filmed in the graveyards of Edinburgh. And then luckily, Arthur's Seat, like, which is a very large hill, small mountain in the city is very like nature. Like, it's very crazy. Like, if you're in certain parts, you can't hear the city, you can't see the city. And it literally looks like you're in the highlands. Mm -hmm. um, really love that. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to get that in London. <laughs> Your best bet would probably would, might even be like some of the um, some of the museums just for all the the stuff they have from all over the world. Yeah, what I'll probably end up doing a lot of voiceover <laughs> stuff, so I'll go to the museums and film a bunch because museums are hard to film in because typically to record a video, I have to talk at least at this resonance in order for it to be picked up properly by the audio recording stuff. And talking at this resonance and this volume in a, in a museum echoes really bad. <laughs> That's a very good point, yeah. Yeah, I would have to talk like this, like, hey, guys, I'm in the National Museum of England. Let's go find some Viking artifacts. Which actually might be <laughs> fun. <It could be. laughs> like some That's creepy really fucking good. vlog. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God. Or you could just full send it and just try to be like uh, Steve Irwin. Crikey, we got ourselves a yeah. school of Ragnar Lothbrok over here. <laughs> uh, I can still see his ponytail. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. They tattooed his skull so fucking hard, you can still see the raven tattoos in the side of his skull. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I kind of want to see this. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> at least once, at least one line like that. <laughs> I think uh, in my Pictus video, I do have a line when the wind is just blowing aggressively and it like knocks over my camera and I have to like catch it. And I literally just have a pause where I'm just like, Scotland is fucking windy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so we're back to kind of what we were doing before in the podcast is we were all bringing a topic up. Uh, honestly, we just want to continue that format because I think what makes this podcast interesting or what I, I think people really enjoy about it is we all the three live very separate lives and are all going different angles uh, towards paganism. Um, so I think that that appeals to a lot of people because obviously I can come in, bring the big picture stuff like, hey, I touched a, a stone circle today. I did this. I did that. Uh, but then, Caleb, I think a lot of people relate to you. Uh, one of the comments we had on the video podcast was someone was like, I feel you, man, on the bluey. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I saw I that. I saw that. Oh god, that was hilarious. I, I was mean, like trying to remember where that came from. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. mentioned that. For the <laughs> like, record, I will say that I re- that I do really enjoy Bluey. It's one of the best kids shows that I've Wait, had to Bluey? watch. It's an it Australian version of Blue's Clues, basically. It, Crikey, well, we of. got a clue over there, Blue. It's not really. So <laughs> okay, it's just yeah. like it's 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 just like a really realistic way of like how it is raising kids and how it is trying to entertain them throughout the day and the crap that the parents have to deal with sometimes and like how you know uh, how they they deal with it and roll with it. Um, but it's basically like. It's almost like a sitcom in a way, but it's not. It doesn't have like the the weird audience stuff. Oh, um, but it's you know Australian. Everybody in the world is like a dog, and the family is Australian shepherds. But yeah, oh, it's it's it's, yeah. A, it's a really wholesome show, and it's it actually shows good things instead of like teaching kids bad things. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my cousin's uh, my cousin's son is obsessed with that, and whenever we've had like. Uh, yeah, like family get get-togethers for like Thanksgiving or whatever. It's he ha- like, he loves it so much that we kind of do like when he's acting a little fussy or whatever because he's he just turned one. Uh, they'll play like just the just the very beginning. Like they'll play blue, and as soon as like the little like tune comes on, he stops mm-hmm. what he's doing. He's like, <laughs> and just immediately is like focused on it, and it's the funniest damn thing ever. Yeah, he loves it. So, yeah. so Caleb, what is bottom tier kid entertainment? Like the thing that you're just like, God, I hate when this comes on. Uh, this is the random, bull- like the random bullshit that is all over YouTube. And oh yeah. Like, yes. It's just like, it's all, it's cringy. It's stupid. And it's all, uh, it basically just teaches kids how to be snobby little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're off um, the chain today with the bitches. I'm just gonna be honest. Like, <laughs> be a little bit. My whole topic today is just trying to enjoy, just like, just finding like, you know, enjoyment in this, like, in like the simple things, you know, just like the normal, yeah. Like, uh, like putting together uh, your fur altar behind you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this right here, well, this right was a little bit of a like, it was a pain because I tried to do it by myself because I was too impatient to wait for uh, somebody to help me. So, but then I had to get help to finish it. Well, yeah, you'd be showing keep... weakness as a man if you asked for help. That's how it works. Don't call me out like it, Jacob. <laughs> I mean, I'm just picturing myself as a, you know, even now, I'm like, no, I'm taking all the grocery bags in at once because otherwise yeah. I am not a man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a one trip household with grocery yeah. bags. <laughs> Your, hands turning... <laughs> Your hands turning purple because it's cutting the circulation off. You see one bag starting to tear, and you're like, oh no. Oh, dude, yeah. that's the worst. I've had that happen before. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Well, this is like uh, like the the garbage bag tear. Have you ever had that where you're taking out the garbage and then uh, yeah, it rips. I had it. I've had it happen. Luckily, not in my own house, but in my time in the military, because it's very just cheap, thin, shitty plastic garbage bags. Military grade. Yeah, and yeah, military military grade. For those who don't understand, it is the cheapest. It is the basically like bought by the lowest bidder or whatever as far as cost. Um, and yeah it uh i had a i was yeah i had a like basically burst on me walking through a hangar one day it was a good time mm. yeah sucked well caleb let's just roll into your topic then since we're already kind of top uh talking about it and i, I feel like mine's going to be a little all-encompassing once i start so uh <laughs> yeah what what have you learned that you want to share with us today i've just the way that everything has like was like over the holidays and when we were taking a break from the podcast, it was just 
there was always something all the time, no matter what, you barely had time to like sit still or relax or rest or anything. And it's trying to uh, like, as I've been trying to get the kids used to like, we're not going everywhere all the time. Like we were when we were going to seeing family uh, around the holidays. It's just when I can get them both to be, I get them both like content and they're both happy and I can just hear laughter instead of one of them squealing or screaming. Like granted, Finley is, she's young, you know, she's not even a year old yet. So that's most of what she does as a baby. Um, <laughs> this is being honest. Poop and cry. <laughs> yeah, poop and cry. And then, you know, once they get to where they can talk, there's a lot of babbling and there's a lot of cute things that happen with that. Um, but it's, uh, you know, whenever you can find those like little moments of bliss in it, like, you know, whenever you just see, whenever you see the older, you know, the, the bigger child, the older sibling, like doing something to, uh, you know, going out of her way to be nice to her little sister or to uh, to play with her, little things like that. And then there's the, I don't know, just the interaction between them. Like, I found a lot of enjoyment in that. And well, uh, whenever uh, here, I, here's our reason for people to watch the podcast today. Uh, your smile when you talked about the giggling of Finley was very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pure dad moment right there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you had a pure part dad of, moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of it, too, is just like I, I was barely around Bella when she was growing up because I worked so much. Um, like when she was real little, like I didn't get to really spend a whole lot of time with her aside from the weekends. And when I was off work, um, until she was, I don't know, a year and a half, almost two years old, something like that. So I missed a lot of the, the stuff that I'm enjoying and seeing in, in Finley now, because I've been the, you know, the main one taking care of her during the day. And so it's been a, a really different experience, um, with the newest child, uh, as it was with uh, my oldest. And I'm really, I'm really thankful that I've gotten to, uh, to spend this time and experience it because, yeah. you know, I wouldn't, I'm really, I hate that I missed it with, uh, with my first. No, that's understandable. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously one of your biggest struggles, I know we talked about even before, uh, we ended the podcast and even it's already come up now is just maintaining the balance of, of being a father working and then also, uh, having some form of spiritual practice. Um, which again, I think is one of the reasons the gatherings do help a lot. I would argue is, you know, you get to have those, you know, even if the wife and kids are there, at least you have those moments that you can kind of release it for a bit. Mm -hmm. And I've, uh, I feel like I found a little bit better. I found a better balance with everything. Um, and it's, you know, I'm not, ha I'm not having any big, crazy, ex you know, existential things, uh, spiritually. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, it's, like I've started working more with Thor again for the first time in a couple of years. Um, and that's who I'm thinking is uh, going to be who I'm, you know, basically, I guess, devoting this year to. Because mm -hmm. um, that was the first big spiritual experience I've had um, this year was with him. I think I told, I can't remember if I told you all about it, if I told, I can't remember. I talked to somebody about it uh, about a week or so ago. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it. We mentioned it on our first like episode. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, okay, like, okay. I yeah. couldn't remember. Um, yeah, we're already we're, we're on episode three of our, our redo. I mean, we're already yeah, we're getting we're there. Getting there yeah, like, you know. uh, two and a half hours <laughs> talking already. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's that's part of where I'm. That's part of how I'm getting the, um, I guess the you know the spiritual side like balanced out with it, is because I, the way I was seeing it is I'm, I guess I'm gonna go I'm going through an experience of Thor is more as like the father, not so much as the you know the protector of Midgard. And the one who can just fuck shit up whenever he wants and things like that. It's, you know, he's one of the, the more famous stories about him is, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's the one where that dwarf, the dwarf comes to marry his daughter. Alva Small. Alva Small. Okay. Um, you know, and he, he protects his daughter from him, but not in the way that he's over there beating the crap out of him. 
he outwits him and, you know, shows his knowledge and everything like that to get the dwarf to stay out until he turns to stone with, with the rising sun. And so whenever I, uh, whenever I had that experience with him, I was thinking, you know, like, you know, this actually makes a lot of sense because I guess one of the things that even I forget sometimes is like, you know, the, the gods are parents too. And they had the, they went through similar things. If not, you know, I'm sure not the exact same thing because I know that they're, you know, their, their children didn't watch, you know, Blue's Clues and the Wiggles and things like that. <laughs> so, well, I mean, uh, you bring up an interesting point with Alva Small. I've never looked at it from that perspective is Thor could have easily just killed the dwarf. He didn't yeah. need to like do a wisdom thing. So perhaps you can even say there's like a lesson for a father there. Like, you know, obviously his daughter was present. And so like maybe the thing he was trying to teach his daughter is that, you know, maybe force isn't always the option and, and using your wisdom mm. is uh, something you can use to defeat your opponents or, or make your way in life. Uh, so maybe there is like a fatherly lesson in there. Yeah, that's that's the way that I that I kind of took it. And I, I need to go back through and reread it again, because it's been it's been a little while uh, since I've really sat down and read a lot of the uh, the stories in the Poetic Edda. So I guess I've got homework. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was I was actually thinking about this the other day um, as Ian is frozen with his fucking cheesy grin. Oh, my gosh, that was so what? bad. You were, oh, yeah. you were frozen with like a. Ah, <laughs> uh... oh, Minnesota. Um <laughs> But honestly, like the the path I've been on lately, um, I have not picked up the Poetic Edda in probably around six months, which is kind of crazy. Uh, because before, like the first few years of my practice, and then definitely the first uh, two or three years of the, the YouTube, there wasn't hardly a video I made that didn't involve the Poetic Edda um, or the Prose Edda. And now I feel like, you know, it's obviously still there. I'll, I'll have to go reference it in the future, I'm sure. But I've been really trying to explore the faith outside of those because, mm -hmm. you know, especially with my travels abroad of, you know, finding, you know, these small little traditions, you know, focusing on things more like the house spirits, the dwarves, um, you know, like just like the nuanced things, the celebrations, the festivals. Uh, these things are providing me more answers now at this point in my path. And so I just really haven't had a need to pick up, uh, you know, the poetic out of. Well, I think like kind of like what, what Kayla was saying earlier, you know, like there's there's a lot to be gained from like gained and enjoyed from the, like the little everyday experiences and things like that. I mean, even like when it comes to celebrations, I mean, that's not necessarily an everyday thing, but like it doesn't necessarily have to be such a intense experience every time to enjoy it, you know. Well, even I mean, like we were talking about uh, the last episode with the Lynn, uh, the uh, coins on the stone. Yeah. Or the coins in the wishing well. Those were small little moments of paganism that even still exist today with wishing wells mm -hmm. uh, that people did in the past. They they left small little mementos and they didn't, you know, did they sit there and like leave the coin and go, like, I feel the magic of the gods. Like, no. Yeah. But it's so like, you know, it's that little thing that you can do uh, that makes you feel connected still. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the little things like the every, the little things, every day to day little things, I think they can kind of, that help a lot. I mean, yeah. They're good. Do them. <laughs> Basically. Do you find yourself giving like any offerings like in your day to day, like any small things, Caleb? I've been, I need to, I, I'm trying to think of words. So it's not, it's not <laughs> a thing. Insert a like, few fucks and bitches in there and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I got to get them out here because, you know, you try not to say around the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh. what's happening. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not like I don't wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going, you know, I'm going to make sure I teach the kids how to give 
this today because like I, a lot of times they'll I try to show them little things um and I know you didn't ask Alex specifically about like teaching kids about offerings and stuff Bring it. but <laughs> <laughs> I try to like whenever my, my like Bella always asked about uh the ancestor altar because I've told her you know all the time that it's the ancestor altar she knows that's what it's for um and like we'll you know we'll give little ancestor offerings together and things like that and that, for the most part, that's usually what we do is like, well, every week or every couple of weeks or something like that, we give an offering to the ancestors on the ancestor altar. Um, I've found myself doing, doing small things. Sometimes like I just, sometimes whenever I'm just appreciating the moments, I, you know, like I'll thank the gods for it, even though like, you know, it doesn't mean that they had a hand in it or anything like that, but it's just, I don't know, sometimes maybe that's just the thing that's like left in the back of my head from like Christianity where like, you know, you thank God for this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, but I think that I, th- I think that as I'm getting, you know, I get more into this whole routine that more more offerings will come up. They'll just be like spur of the moment little things where it's like, I, you know, I've not done this in a while. So I'm going to go, you know, give this to whomever. A recommendation I have. And I, I did this at the um, uh, gathering we had in the Netherlands because we were cooking on an open fire outside in a little a little cookhouse. Uh, and it was really cool. I mean, I absolutely loved that, man. Like, I loved having a big, giant, like, black cauldron on a flame, giant wooden spoon, stirring some soup. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, in it. I mean, despite the fact that, you like, you would stir and then the steam and smoke would hit you in the eye and you would just be crying as you're, like, stirring this vat <laughs> of soup. Uh, but something I did is, like, take food scraps because, uh, obviously, whenever you cook, there's going to be a little food scraps. Like, they always happen, uh, you know, whether it's the end of a garlic or, like, the shell of an onion or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and I took them and I, I fed them to the flame and thanked the spirit of the house, thanked the spirit of fire and fed it with those food scraps. Uh, because that's something I read that uh, has been done in the past, I think in Germany with kobolds, um, is they would take food scraps, you know, you know, or leftover food and then burn it in the house fire to appease the house spirit. Uh, and I think it's a fairly common practice with house spirits. And so, again, I don't think it's going to be one of those things that, like, electrifies you. But it's one of those small little moments of gratitude. Like, hey, I'm thankful for heat. I'm thankful for a cooking source. I'm thankful for my four walls and whatever spirits inhabit these four walls. Um, and why, you know, some of us, you know, obviously most of us don't have a cooking flame. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, unless you use propane. That even then I don't suggest just throwing food on your propane. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but even having like a spot outside, like almost like a composting spot, like, hey, we leave these for the spirits. Um, or even if it's dry goods, like actually the thing I have here is I just have a little wooden bowl and uh, I put like cereal on it, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, just like small little things in the kitchen, I think, can and really lead to, you know, little moments of gratitude. And that, that could be a really good thing to teach the kids as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like... Um you know, what we've done in the past with, with gatherings with like the ancestor plate, basically where, you know, it's it kind of along, I guess, along like the same line of, you know, giving, you know, just that acknowledgement and that things like, Hey, we're here because of you guys, you know, and we appreciate that. Here's food to share with us, you know, or to share with you uh, while we're, you know, here celebrating things and just that acknowledgement. So yeah, I think that's a good idea to kind of do that regularly. I feel like with house spirits, I feel like I'm, need to start picking something up like that a little bit <laughs> you guys uh you've seen howl's moving castle right mm-hmm. yeah 
I was yeah. thinking of that whenever you you were talking about feeding the flame. I was like, I was getting ready to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, like where yeah, he's like on calcifer or whatever, and he cracks yeah. the egg and he like throws it into his mouth to like feed him. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, literally how I imagined it as well when I was cooking on the big stove. I was like, oh, I need to feed the flame, and then I threw some onions and garlic in there and cried even more as the onions and garlic were melting my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want the real offering. The real like literally. Yeah. Claire, I got like so mad at Claire because she came around the corner and she's like, hey, are you ready to do that? Like, because I was going to do like a general house spirit thing in the main house. Uh, and she's like, are you ready to do that in like five minutes? And as I like turn with the smoke coming up as I'm cooking this soup, crying <laughs> profusely, I'm like, no! <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I am cooking on an open um, flame uh, with a soup. I don't know. Like, I don't know when this is going to be done. I was like, I can't. I have to sit here and stir oh, it because I can't control God. the damn temperature of the fire. No, I'm not going to be ready in five minutes. <laughs> I was like, it'll like when the soup is done, we will eat the soup. And then, and then I'll be ready. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I was just like, dude, my eyes burned so much after that weekend because, I mean, we had three fire pits, which is cool. You know, we had one in the cooking house. Uh, we had one in the open sky, like open air. And then they had a living room, which was basically just a room with a fire pit with a roof mm -hmm. that captured the heat. And so we spent most of the time in those areas. And so, like, it was just like we were like smoke brisket by the end, dude. God, that smell amazing, though. I still, like, everything I own still smells like it. <laughs> it's nice. been three weeks. Nice. Yeah, like, my tunic is hanging over there, and, like, I don't wash my tunic often because I only wear it during rituals. But you go up there, man, it smells like a smoke brisket right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so good. Well, Ian, what were you going to discuss this week before I take over the conversation? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like the first episode, you know, that we did our, our reintroduction for season two and everything. And we, you know, I started talking about um, doing a lot of spirit work and stuff, specifically being called to and like attracted to, you know, the red deer or um, commonly known as the red stag um, has been really piquing my interest. And Caleb, I actually did end up ordering a pair of antlers that you had sent me so hopefully those will be here at some point but um i did some more digging in it i know jacob you sent me that uh that carving that you yeah. found you know when it was big you know pictish it was yeah i said it was pictish right yeah yeah i put it i put it on my instagram story as well i'm trying to because yep. uh, again like i'm trying to cut back on my editing i need to do for these videos uh <laughs> because like the last one like adding like a bunch of fun things was cool so but it took a lot of time but I'll put it up here for the the viewers so you yeah. can kind of see. Um, mm. But yeah, it just looks really cool. I mean, honestly, just like really like fine details on it. You know, obviously it's faded now with time. Um, but yeah, really cool. Yeah, so I did. I decided to do some digging um, a little bit more on like the spiritual side of it. Um, you know, as far as like just just in general, and like I did not expect what I did find as far as like just how important this one animal is to like was to ancient cultures and still really is like an important like representative of mainly scotland um and ireland to some degree but um i mean there's been cave paintings that they have found as far back as forty thousand years ago um involving it and stuff like that but yeah it's mostly yeah celtic and pictish um symbol like is a big thing with it and it's a like a symbol of power um in some regards and then like of what is considered like the other world within celtic paganism which is like i guess i would equate it to like the equivalence of like our like 
term for like the nine worlds and stuff like that but like yeah it's the realm of the dead and or like the gods um yeah a lot of a lot of uh simply a lot of uh focus around like being like a, a symbol of like the forest and untamed nature a sign of power agility and sexual vigor so that gave me yeah give me a lot of some viagra <laughs> yeah yeah it gave me it kind of gave me some like fair vibes because i mean it's to some degree because you know that's a kind of a, a relatively common correlation but uh yeah the more i kept digging into it and everything like there was just so much like the antlers are you know sought to are seen to resemble like the branches of a tree and you know uh an emblem of like the regenerative and and just a cycle of and pattern of nature um and in some scottish and irish folklore the red deer is referred to as fairy cattle and where that comes from is oh yeah you froze, froze. froze. huh did froze. i freeze yeah froze Damn it. i was hoping it wasn't gonna do that but uh so yeah Going into the Scottish Irish folklore, um, it's the the red deer or red stag are known as fairy cattle, um, and the reason why it's considered that is like they are they are considered to be herd, taught and told that they're herded and milked by banshees and various other goddesses. So like it's yeah, I don't like I know. deer milk. Hey man, <laughs> I mean, I've got. Eat, if it's got a, a nipple, you can milk it, right? <laughs> but yeah, like to even go more into that, like into that specific thing, there's literally it's called um, the fairy lullaby, and it's in what looks like very typical Irish. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it because I will butcher it. As long as you do um, it with a really shitty Irish accent, you won't offend anybody. I promise. Oh well, no, it's I'm not going to even attempt it because it's it's it looks like it's in like gaelic or old celtic i don't know i ain't gonna try to pronounce it but it hasn't luckily has an english translation for what the fairy lullaby is and it says on milk of deer i was reared on milk of deer i was nurtured on milk of deer beneath the ridge of storms on crest of hill and mountain like a lot of like very interesting things revolving like this basically this incredibly like like uh, worship deer or like you know yeah. one particular thing and i like deer uh, are a big thing with a lot know, of what's the national animal because the national animal of scotland is a unicorn which is also dope which but, is badass yeah yeah but what's the national uh animal of ireland i'm wondering i'm looking at that right i now. do not know off the top of my head i wonder if it's because like and yeah the more i was just looking into it like yeah the the red stag or red deer is primarily focused around scotland ireland and oh, obviously it's, Northern... it's a bird the, uh, the irish hair that's boring i've got um, i've got something for you to look into again um, yeah, which I thought you were going to oh. talk about, but I was. But okay. you may, you may still mind. Um, what you got, Jacob? Okay, well, first off, the Irish hare is actually a rabbit. It was just next to a picture of a bird, so my no. apologies. Um, but according to my quick internet search, with very little research outside of it, um, the Irish hare has been described as a national animal, as has the red deer. Ah, interesting. That's but, not surprising. Uh, the Irish elk was chosen to be as the national animal, as an iconic mammal um since they no longer exist the uh the next animal that was considered for the spot was the red deer however the red deer is now considered extinct too i guess in ireland in ireland yeah Ah. interesting because it's still very much in scotland and i know like it's like yeah when i was doing some digging like yeah they're in scotland northern europe like mainland europe and then uh even in parts of asia and in new zealand apparently there's a there's a big population of them that they've like obviously have spread around I but think they brought them into there so like, like they the did Europeans could hunt them basically um, yeah 
But the uh, the thing I have for you to look into is uh, you ever heard of Star Car? Mm-mm. The Star Car headdresses. Okay, so look them up. And I tried to do some digging on it when I was doing my. I was attempting to go back as far as I could um, with like the things I could access on the internet and stuff like that to find. I don't know. I was trying to like trace back like the earliest mentions and like um, ancient like beginnings of like Norse paganism, Germanic paganism, stuff like that, and like trace it back. And I ended up coming across the uh, the Star Carter headdress that I can't remember the exact like time frame that it's from, but I know it's very, very old. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were basically these headdresses and they tried to figure out if they were used for hunting because it's like a skull cap with these two big old holes that they would that they think that they would look through or that it was tied and it would sit up here on the head. Um, but giant old antlers. Um, and one of the things I looked at was that there's a little bit of information, not a whole lot that I could find about, I believe it was the Caledonian uh, deer cult. It's a really, really ancient thing. But mm-hmm. from what I was able to find, they, they view, they would do these hunting rituals. And that's what some people think that the star car headdresses are for is they would perform these rituals and then they would go hunt the deer and they would use that to, you know, it was a spiritual thing as well as like, you know, they, they fed the tribe with those animals and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy. Like the more like I've yeah, kind of like dug into it and like, I didn't, ex- I did not expect as much like, uh, like a myth mythos around it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like the, the photo that I showed, you know, previous, like when our first episode just to kind of give it an idea does not do these things justice, like legit, like look them up, like their antlers. Like the one that I showed is very like that was probably a very young. Oh yeah, like that, that skull I sent you a picture of as well. Like yeah, again, like me standing up, like the from the tip of the nose to like the tip of the antler was from my foot to my shoulder, so around you know five feet, something like that. Yeah, it's. I'm trying to find like another a better like because it it literally looks almost like like gnarled branches of a tree, like and like mm-hmm. a crown in the front, man. Like they are. It is absolutely insane just how massive these things are. Oh, and uh, uh, I did my quick research. So they did go extinct in Ireland, but the population has been reintroduced in modern years. Uh, and the population in uh, the UK in general is actually very good. Uh, I guess it's over 300,000 now uh, in the UK as a whole. Uh, and they have they do have a hunting season for red deer as well, mostly in Scotland. Yeah. So like for those who are watching on YouTube and stuff, like look at that thing. That looks like a mythical creature. Like, you know, like those, yeah, those who are listening on the podcast, like just look up red, like red deer or red stag. And like, they don't, they're not like typical deer, man. Is that from a red deer? This That's the whole reason I got one, at least because I knew they were a big deer. And with the, the, you know, the places that at the time that I assumed that like I had ancestry from and like, you know, typical, you know, Southern person, you know, English, Scottish, Irish, Mm -hmm. you know, places like that, these things are all over at least not at least ireland goes i guess they're not they weren't they're not as much anymore i guess they're reintroduced like you said but i was going for something for the ancestral connection but you know something that i don't know that was also a really big animal that like it was big enough for me to use and not have like a little half cape yeah well, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny that like this has kind of been like this has been coming up a lot more and more for me because i've i've recently have purchased and started doing a little bit more digging into like celtic shamanism as well um to a degree and i you know it's kind of funny like this is coming this is basically from primarily that that region that practice so i'm kind of like putting the pieces together a little bit to see what it what's coming from it i'm excited whenever this this these antlers get here because what i'm very curious to see just how big these things are because i didn't really look at it did you actually order some antlers 
I did. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> no, like, I will say like the ones that I sent him, they weren't no giant. They weren't. No, guys. they were. Yeah. They wasn't looking like a, yeah. I don't think if because... I had to guess, they're probably, if I had to guess, they're probably about as big as my arm, like about lengthwise. As big as your biceps with your huge body. <laughs> that's an old reference that I haven't thought about in a while oh, yeah, my for body. anybody <laughs> for anybody that's curious about like the price on red deer like skulls with antlers they can be absurd um, yeah. like it's the, the very common price I've seen is like between three and five hundred I've seen them go up like towards a thousand because well, I mean, they have to be shipped like, internationally I imagine yeah, yeah they're not well, I mean, I'm just talking about like just the size that their antlers are too it's the same way like, yeah. if you ever try to get a hold of like a set reindeer. of elk antlers or anything like yeah. that. I mean, even yeah, big reindeer antlers, they can be ridiculously expensive, but it's because they're massive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, some of these things, they literally look like somebody just took a gnarled tree and just stuck it on a deer's head. And it's like, cool. This is now a creature. Yeah. They, they, they don't look like they're of this world, honestly. And they don't even sound like they're from this world. Like they have like, you know, your standard deer have like a bleat or a grunt, right? They, they refer to it literally as a roar and mm. it is unearthly it is interesting jacob i want you to do some editing woo woo magic and like throw something in there oh, i don't dude, know like, I'm gonna edit two podcasts. <laughs> uh, it's really really good just, just find yeah. like an audio clip and play it on the podcast you got a microphone oh, God. okay okay Dump hold it in your on. mic hole hold on Shove <laughs> it my mic hole <laughs> take that and shove it but, in your mic yeah hole. but no but uh, truly i honestly like that's that pictures uh red stag i sent you i really would love if you got that as a tattoo i think I'm, i've been so. looking at it i've been thinking about it. so caleb next time i see you i'm thinking about yeah because you, like uh, i think like right here around. it would look really cool like you know, yeah right. i'll be honest do you I have, have tattoos right here I have I have one small bind rune that I that I made a while back that's right here. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. So then the other side, yeah, like especially doing it like uh, with the uh, stick and poke, like I feel yeah. like it would look really cool. Like yeah, just coming over the shoulder yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So here's here's a short clip. This is from a like this is from a red deer in the Scottish Highlands. So let me see how well this works over there. You know. Shove it in your Michael. anticipation is high are you guys listening hearing that no no oh but yeah you're just gonna have to like put something <laughs> Dude, in there then uh, like, sorry homie i'll send you i'll send you the reel that i just tried to play uh, why are you making this so hard because uh, Ian, just find for. a better clip of it well my mic isn't gonna pick it up because Whoa, the sound deafening. Sucks. it's because of sound deafening things i will send you this and then i will let you do your Internet magic. No, 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 no. Yes. We're going um, to do it this way. I mean, this thing looks kind of scary. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, there's a Liberty Mutual ad I needed to... Uh, Cut. Liberty, Liberty Mutual? Liberty Mutual. Liberty It's wanting to do it. Is it picking that up? Yeah, picking yeah. it up. So. Oh, there's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it sounds like but me when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it doesn't. It that doesn't sound like a deer, you know. Like especially in North America, like we're used yeah, to like low grunts and like weird little bleats and shit. But like that thing, it's oh. and like obviously yeah, it's like a cow like and thing. a bear had a baby. And yeah, yeah. They literally yeah. call it like a roar. Yeah, it's. Yeah, there's something about I wonder that if that's what, uh, one of the inspirations behind the was it the Carnfax or the Carnfax? 
Possibly. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, a Carnex. I think that's what they are, Carnex. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah Car- Carnex. I think people know people know what you're talking about. I think because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the yeah. I mean, honestly, one of my theories. I mean, I think it makes sense. Is that was a precursor to like what eventually became the bagpipe because like they fulfilled very similar roles in combat. Mm-hmm. It was literally to just like intimidate the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Like it's funny to see like that. You obviously saw like uh, in that museum that there was stuff regarding it. And yeah, I like how you put it into perspective just how big the skull skull tip to antler tip was basically as tall as you are. Yeah, I was real surprised about the uh, about the carving itself because I've looked up like carvings of deer and stag and things like that. And I don't think I ever came across that. Uh, well, it, it's kind of like what one. we talked about with the uh, uh, Aline episode is with the mm-hmm. Estonian uh, stuff. Uh, it, it's there's so much, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to come here and make the content I'm making is there is so much that we in the states do not know about and even people outside of these museums and stuff um like i kid you not the scottish national museum has two floors solid of uh pre-christian artifacts of scotland and most people are never going to know about it they got viking age stuff they have bronze shields that were left as burial sacrifices for viking ship graves they have uh tons of drawings of viking ships there that most people have never seen uh that were literally carved on slate rock by people designing ships by vikings back a thousand years ago uh you know tons of swords uh pictures uh, you know giant stones of pictures drawings and all the stuff that most people would never know um and that's, you know, to, again, to me that, you know, I say I take a break, from, taking a break from the Poetic Edda, and I think it's partially to distance myself from it because I, I want to research the things that are not the Poetic Edda, because that's what most of us have in the States. You have the Poetic Edda and then whatever you can get your hands on. Whereas here, I can walk 20 minutes that way and like look at myself at Pictish Crescent with V-Rod, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's because, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very curious doing more deep dive stuff. It's like, yeah, once I get this, this antler set, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna do some uh, some stuff. I'm trying to think if there's any Celtic deities that would be associated with the stag. Uh, they uh, I'm gonna butcher it because I know we've tried to say it multiple times, but the cook was gonna say it the way that everybody else says it. Uh, Karanunos oh, is okay. usually associated, yeah, because because there is a depiction. It was funny because you mentioned it when on the last episode that we recorded about the cauldron. Um, there is a cauldron that has a depiction of him around a bunch of animals. They're similar colors, not the same color, but yeah. a cauldron in general that has him on it. And then literally to his, what would be, if you're looking at it to his left or his right, technically, I guess, but on the left side of him is a massive stag. And a lot of, a lot of theories are that that's what it was, was a, a red stag. And obviously he is known as like, known as like the horned God because he has antlers and everything like that. So yeah. there's, there is a lot of like Celtic and, uh, you know uh things regarding the deities and spirits being able to transform into deers as like a way to travel and, and basically yeah. remain hidden yeah like i was just doing some uh research again on like uh, i'm comparing and contrasting germanic and nordic or nordic and celtic paganism right now in a video that's uh, going to be one of the ones i have coming up and i was just doing stuff on uh the irish deities and the only one i can think of is i think it's uh, i think it's goibnu oh, okay my notes are literally right here uh it's the one that he's like associated with the hunt but mm-hmm. i think that is the only thing i could think of no goib news smithing smithing god uh oh no it's uh nuwada 
Nuwata is the one he loses his hand and is, has it replaced with a like a hand made of silver. But he's also the Ooh. god of hunting and fishing. That's badass. Some Jamie, Jamie Lannister shenanigans going on yeah. there, but you know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I mean, this is obviously going to be something I talk about in the video. I was actually very surprised because um, I don't know the Irish deities, the Celtic deities, as much as I obviously know the Norse deities. Uh, so I usually have to reference them again anytime I do research. But like, they're not actually as similar as you would think. They're there's very few commonalities that would be enough to be like, oh, they're very similar gods. Like the Dagda and Odin are like the only de deities that you're like, they're almost the same. Uh, yeah. But everything else is is pretty, pretty different. No, I, I would agree with you on that because, I mean, you know, we talked about when we had Kevin on the podcast a long time ago and we had talked about that. Like, yeah, I, I had initially started some of my, you know, my pagan journey with celtic paganism and i did not you know i didn't get nearly as close you know as far into it as you know i potentially thought i was you know but with what i've done and with going back and looking rereading a bunch of stuff and digging back into it yeah there is yeah like so there's there's a few that have similarities but there's not like they are almost like the same right well it's like very... one of the things i'm going to bring up is like the morrigan like on paper mm -hmm. sounds similar to freya but really it's, they're not very much not the same as yeah, yeah. an individual like, who has done but things label, well. But if you label them out like goddesses of war, goddesses of, you know, of beauty, but also goddesses magic. of death. Yeah, and magic. magic. And... Yeah. And so it's like you label those things and it's like, oh, on paper, they're almost identical. But then you actually reference like people's personal experiences and the mythos around them and they're not the same at all. No, not at all. Yeah. And then when you put them into like a practice standpoint or like interactions there. Yeah, yeah. Like, Freya, not, not the same. Yeah, Freya, there's a fierceness to her, but there's, you know, a very lightness to her as well. I don't yeah, think yeah. there's any lightness to the Morrigan. Not very much, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Dagda, honestly, it's just an old dude that's wise that goes around and has sex with a lot of people and like <laughs> practices magic. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's his own. <laughs> yeah, it actually ends up, yeah, like kind of diving into it. He, if I'm not mistaken, either was married or is married to the Morrigan. Or I think, was it or I've fathered children with the Morrigan. I think. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember I exactly what the there's there's a couple different speculations about that, but yeah. Yeah, Brave man. I'm just waiting for I'm just waiting for an angry Kevin because he's like ears are gotta do Celtic right. Oh dude, I, like, <laughs> I literally messaged him today, like a voice message, and I was like, I just want to make sure I'm talking about this right. And he's like, We should just talk on the phone. <laughs> uh yeah, he's like, no, no, it's right, Jacob. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's we funny. Should, His ears are probably burning right now. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know if I told you guys, but he wants to be back on the podcast. He's like, I got a little free time. I'm buried in snow. So <laughs> that's very true. He is. He's I mean, more buried in snow than I am. I mean, so. we haven't had, we've only had him on in the Celtic paganism video uh, podcast. Yeah. I think it was yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So it'd be good to have him back on with his fellowship leader. He could talk about the snow stuff and all this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like now that we're having more gatherings in the UK, I feel like we're, we're getting closer to yeah. fulfilling our Northern traditions dreams. And we are actually doing more blended rituals of having Celtic and Nordic uh, kind of come together well yeah because like we're like he's working on a, a lunasa gathering in the summer which is a a celtic keep um, up the conversation i gotta let this cat on my room before it like attacks the door <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah like he's yeah we're we're you know we're gonna do a lunasa gathering which is a a celtic basically like the equivalent the best way to compare it to at least the way that you know 
I interpret it as like equivalent to like a Highland Games kind of a thing where it is all about like competition and things like that. So uh, it's like a, a summer festival basically is what it is. So yeah, it's, it's actually a really good idea. Maybe having him come on and talking more about that specific celebration itself, I think would be a good thing to bring him on about. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. What, Lunasa? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm literally like, I'm going to be making, you know, basically the, the trophies for those who come in and like win the competitions that we do. Mm. So, which will be interesting and really fun for me to do, especially with some of my new acquired hobby um, tools that I'm actually, doing. Come to think of it, I don't think we're actually going to be doing any Nordic rituals as far as right now for the Scottish gathering. I don't think we have any Nordic rituals planned. Yeah. And like you said, we are, we are fulfilling that, 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 uh, what's the title the base of the title and like the that commitment. what we're focusing yeah the commitment thank you words are hard ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah that commitment of being northern traditions of northern europe basically so yeah i think it's good that we're yeah i think right now uh we're going to do something with the green man um we're going to do a beltane fire ritual um and i know we're going to do a meditation and I'm encouraging Claire to do a non-Philgia meditation because I was like, we don't have to always do Philgia meditations. <laughs> so I'm curious what she's going to do there. Um, and I know Kevin wanted to do something with one of the, the Celtic deities. Yeah, that's so. That'll be cool. And I'm sure, be yeah, I think we're going to do something with the the land spirits and like spirits in general. Like, oh, yeah, as usual. Yeah, as usual. But I feel like it's a little different here. Again, like it's it's weird because like the reason we do land spirit rituals in the states is to acknowledge the native spirits because we have to do that. There. Right. Whereas here, right. I feel like it's a little less necessary, but it's also important still to acknowledge the spirits. And I feel like the spirits are a little bit more fey ish, where it's like mm -hmm. you know acknowledging the fey, the you know the elves and the, the the little things that exist that a lot of people experience in Scotland. I think that's one of the reasons people love Scotland so much is, you know, you go outside into the, the you know, the locks and the, the highlands and, the, you know, whatever forests exist. And like, you just right away, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what they I, talk about. Yep. Enchanted forest, quite literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I feel like it'd still be a good way of like, you know, I don't know, I guess waking, I don't, I don't know if I want to say waking things up, in the in the in a pagan sense since you know they've not really been worshipped in you know many 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 years but, so you the, know the conclusion i've gotten to in a lot of the conversations i have with a lot of people here that have practiced paganism is the land spirits here and the spirituality in general feels suppressed whereas mm -hmm. in the united states i would argue that it feels angry and so we have to approach yeah. it from like the spirits are angry here whereas here we have to approach it from more of the the spirits are suppressed here yeah, I think we've talked talked about that a little bit um, on one of our previous episodes. I think with, uh, we had Claire back on, and we talked about the difference between the two. That's right. I believe that is, yeah, I think that's exactly when we did. This is a great segue to say, hey, guys, if you haven't already, there are literally <laughs> over 100 episodes of this podcast now. Obviously, the earlier episodes are a little rougher because we did them three years ago, but mm -hmm. we have a lot of really great episodes out there. So if you're just now tuning into the podcast because it's on YouTube or, you know, you just found it because we changed the name, we have over 100 episodes. Uh, so please go back and check them out. We've had a lot of great guests over the years. Uh, we've had a lot of really amazing conversations. Highly recommend you go back and check them out if you haven't. Uh, see if there's any that you've missed. Because again, some of those little nuanced ones, like where we had Kevin on about Celtic paganism, or when we had Claire on talking about the difference between uh, European paganism versus North American paganism, 
we've covered a lot of topics on here. So definitely go back and check them out. Uh, and uh, I'll go ahead and plug this as well, since we kind of talked about this previously. Uh, as far as if you're interested in attending one of our events, we're all leaders in the Fellowship of Northern Traditions, a community of pagans interested in restoring the pagan practices, uh, reviving them and letting them evolve, uh, mostly centered around Northern Europe. So I mean, the Germanic, the Nordic, the Celtic, uh, even into the Slavic, you know, we're really interested in, in learning more about Northern Europe. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm here and uh, the reason we're having gatherings here as well. So if you're interested in checking out those events we're having in North America and across Europe, uh, please head to www.northerntraditions.org uh, and see when we're going to be near you. Uh, we also have a lot of ways you can support the community. Uh, we have, uh, we're working on a community book right now with rituals. Uh, Logan's going to eventually get us to finish that, but that's going to be one of the <laughs> things we released this year. Uh, but we also have t-shirts. Uh, actually, at the time of releasing this, our, our winter design Design is about to leave the store uh, and then we have a GoFundMe as well uh, if you give to that GoFundMe it goes to supporting us purchasing land here in the future in the states uh, so that we can have a place of permanence to continue these traditions on for the future so any help you're able to provide the community it means a lot uh, you know this community has been around for over a year now as an official nonprofit but over three years now as a as a group of individuals celebrating the old gods so that's our sponsorship for the day, as it will probably be forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's better than like every by. time I got to hear fucking Always Sunny talk about athletic greens. <laughs> or yeah, or like, you know, Raid Shadowlands. Raid Shadowlands. <laughs> every Dude. gaming YouTube channel oh on the planet. Dude, I saw Some... like, what was it? Like I was, I forget what video I was watching, but it was one you did not expect Raid Shadow Legends to be on. And it's like, you can almost tell the guy had such a defeated noise in his voice. Uh, like, I think it was like a movie critique channel. Like I was watching like a critique of a movie, like in an artistic way. And he's like, before we do this critique, I need to do today's sponsorship. Raid Shadow Legends, do you ever want to play the most popular game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just I, defeated. I, oh, yeah. No. I've, like, yeah who I, actually I, plays Raid Shadow Legends? I tried it once and it's not fun. I've so literally yeah. never met who actually plays it. Never. <laughs> yeah. I've, and they, they're like, we have 3 million players. It's like, who? Who are your 3 million players? I, I've never met one. Bots. It's all bots. <laughs> Shadow, Shadow bots. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then what do they put like they put like the the gaming guy ninja in the game or whatever or yeah, yeah something like you can play like, like all these orcs and stuff and then you could play a youtuber ninja yeah <laughs> i think they got like ronda rousey in it now too yeah what the fuck yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had a whole commercial. I think I think I saw it on instagram or something like it it's like she just walked into the developers and like, put me in the game Yep. Yes, ma'am, Mrs. Rouse. Put us into our <laughs> fantasy game, please. Let's chill. Chill yep. out. <laughs> she got her she got her ass handed to her finally in the UFC, and then she devolved down to to WWE, WWE. and now she's yeah. further. I into used to date Ray someone Zeta that was really into the WWE, and that was right around the time of Ronda Rousey becoming a thing. And God, everyone hated her. <laughs> like, they were just like, oh. you couldn't cook it in the UFC. So you had to come to a place where they really literally could write you in for winning matches. And yeah. she would literally come out and like punch three t times and like win. And it's like, everyone was like, get out of here. <laughs> yep. Holly Holmes whooped her ass once. Well, not once, twice, I think. And then she's just like, well, I guess I'm not in the UFC anymore. Oh. I got to talk about something for a second. I'm not proud of. <laughs> Oh God, Caleb! It's it's it involves it's not a safe place. It's not a safe place. No, no, <laughs> we will make fun of you. I'm yeah, sure we will. along with but the entire internet. I used to really enjoy like the old school like Raw versus SmackDown. 
um, WWE games. Like, oh that. yeah, oh well, that's not too. Bad. Oh yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. Bad. But Everybody I knows. got to where I wanted that again, and so like I I've gotten like really into like the I think it's two K twenty two. I got. I picked it up for like fifteen bucks, and it's one of the best fifteen dollars I've spent in a while. Just because it's fun <laughs> and it's stupid, and I can just like if I don't want to play, I can just go on there and I can put together a match and just sit there and watch it. Just you know, elimination uh, chambers and shit. I mean, uh, like uh, I would say my guilty pleasure as far as that is I actually do. I'll, I'll mess with a FIFA game every now and then. Like oh my I'm, god, what? I don't know yeah. if we're gonna be friends anymore. <laughs> Like if I'm feeling a certain kind of way, like yeah, I'll download because like you have like the EA access or whatever, you download it, you know, whatever the newest version is, uh, and then yeah, I'll play for like two days and then be like throw my controller through my wall and I'll stop. <laughs> oh my god, FIFA? What? I tried to play a FIFA game once, it just didn't work. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I'm disappointed in you right now. <laughs> oh, tell me, please uh, open up your game library. Tell me there's not one game in there that I wouldn't be disappointed in you. Probably not, actually. Oh, I have man. taste. I have a oh. very. <laughs> oh, I will be on taste. the look. I will be on that Xbox app daily, stalking you. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I will I dig am. through your achievements and I will find that one game you don't want me to find. I, I you know what. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Barbie's Island Adventure found it. He 100%ed yeah. the game. <laughs> Can't oh confirm. Oh, shit. That was funny. What Anyways. are you talking about, Jacob? Yeah, oddly off topic. <laughs> Anyways, I feel, I feel like, because this is going to be, uh, I mean, I'm going to slide this as the title for the episode, because uh, I feel like it's the, you know, the big pagan thing here. But, uh well, I mean, yeah, Red Stag, so I don't know. But anyways, I'll probably make this the main title. Whatever. I, I, I edit the video, so I make the choices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am God of this world. <laughs> yeah, you can edit a video. You can name the damn thing. Um, but yeah, like, it'll titillize people, you know, the whole time. Like, just get to it. Like, stop talking about deer and babies and Bluey. Like, and now WWE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I feel like as long as we just keep talking, that's what people want. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, because like we're we're just making their day go by a little bit quicker. <laughs> so it, we're in your ear right now. How are you? How's your work day going? Are you commute to work? <laughs> <laughs> I am acknowledging your existence from the inside of your ear. <laughs> we are the voices in your head. <laughs> yes, you are not listening to a podcast. We are just. <laughs> inside your mind a new segue of our podcast is asmr (laughs) weirdos anyway so my uh, my uh my podcast topic for the day uh because this is not something i'm going to be able to put into necessarily one video because i'm working on a very large beltane project right now to like i really want to make sure like uh, you know if i'm I'm tackling the subject i want to make sure it's good and i want to make sure it's unique i get as much information as possible so i'm obviously going to have notes i take you know from the internet and from what research i can do i'll have a segment where i talk about the historical stuff what we know from history what source material we have 
And then I'm going to have interviews with people, uh, you know, from from around the area that and even people that participate in modern rituals, modern paganism. I'm going to be doing interviews. I recorded already a spot at Arthur's Seat, uh, the highest point in Edinburgh, where I, you know, recorded like, hey, this is the ancient site of ancient Beltane stuff. Here's the ancient practices. Like, I'm really trying to make sure this video is as complete as possible. Uh, and so with that, I want to get involved in the largest Beltane celebration in the world. World, which happens here in Edinburgh at the top of Colton Hill. Uh, their highest numbers to date have been 50,000 people in attendance in one night in one location. Like absolutely insane. Uh, that, that, that same time, I think they had 700 volunteers, as I was told, uh, working on this thing. So literally like the entire attendance numbers we had for last year for the fellowship, double that. And then you like are still not even close. <laughs> you know, like oh there's so many God. people involved in this. Um, and so like, uh, really, I've really tried to embed myself in this group. Uh, so literally day two, I'm like going around the city asking people, Hey, have you heard of the Beltane fire festival? Have you heard of the Beltane fire festival? And eventually I found myself to a pagan shop. They told me exactly like, Hey, this is their Facebook group. They're having a meeting next Sunday, go to it. So I go to this meeting. I don't know anyone. I've been in Scotland for eight days at this point, <laughs> showing up in a random side of town meeting just random people that do pagan festivals here i'm like hello <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i just go up to someone i'm like i am from america i am a pagan i don't know what to do here <laughs> uh and like you know and I, I honestly i feel like there's a lesson there because that's how i i do a lot of the things i do how i make these contacts uh and in like this odin-esque way is i i just talk to people i go up i tell them what i'm trying to do i'm very respectful i, I try to be as kind as possible respectful of people's time uh, and honest with them. And it gets me places because I, I went up to a volunteer there. I said, mm -hmm. hey, you know, I have a nonprofit back in the States. This is what I do. I'm really trying to make a video on Beltane. I'm trying to get involved. Uh, and they were like, yeah, follow me. And they took me to this these two people that per, uh, were part of the event. And they're like, hey, here's this American for you. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, see what you can do with them. And sure enough, I ended up talking to these two people. They're from Wisconsin. Uh, they're part of the pagan scene back in the States. Yeah, like the two people running the, uh, the group I'm going to be a part of are American. Uh, so partly from I think, Wisconsin from Wisconsin yeah uh and mm. so uh hopefully I'll be with them I haven't heard back uh because I, I won't be able to be as committed but basically for everyone uh the the blueprint of this is the it started in 1988 as more of like a protest of sense uh it was more of like an artistic protest in the city because Colton Hill used to be very drug-ridden like tons of crime tons of issues uh and so and it's a really beautiful it has a 360 views of the entire city you can see the highlands from there you can see the ocean from there it's a really beautiful spot but yeah it used to be really rough and so this was part of like a, a protest to say, hey, we need to revive this area. And so like a handful of people, like literally, I think it was under 10, came there and had a small Beltane festival in 1988. And every single year uh, they had a Beltane festival. They had another fire festival. Every year it got a little bigger, much like Burning Man in the United States, I feel like. Mm. And then sure enough, today, uh, not only do they do Beltane, but they also do Samhain in the, the winter months, like the darker months. They have two events a year now, all at this place. Again, now there are 50,000 people attending this thing. It's ticketed and they have like 16 or 17 individual groups that all do individual things at this ritual, at this, this event. They do claim it's not necessarily pagan, but there are many pagans involved in the event. Um, and they, they acknowledge that like at the meeting, they're like, hey, there are many people here who are pagan. There's also people who are not pagan. But what we're trying to do is recreate and honor the traditions of the past. 
And so that's kind of the motif of it. And I think that's also what attracts a lot of people to it. Uh, that, you know, how they get 50,000 people to come to this thing is it's not necessarily pagan, but it's sprinkled in there for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because like, uh, like the main person that is like, in, like the May Queen this year, like I feel like I'm, I'm giving the insider scoop because I've really just like been going talking to people like I've talked to the May Queen, I've talked to the leader of like every single group and like, hello, you know, just like, uh, you know, I've taken a couple people out for coffee, I bought some people some drinks like I've really been trying to figure as much about this as I possibly can. Um, and so like I was talking to the May Queen they have this year, her name is Alex, who is also from the States, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I forget exactly where she's from, but absolutely amazing person, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, and she has only been doing it for three years, I think, and, oh, wow. and now is the May Queen. And so essentially they have a May Queen and a Green Man, which are the center pieces of the event. They start at the top of the hill at, a, at a, what they call the Acropolis, but it's really like a Parthenon recreation. They have someone blow a massive war horn that starts the festival. Two people come out with torches. They light the center fire. The May Queen and the Green Man come. You know, everyone drums and celebrates. And then they start a procession that goes all the way around the hill. They stop off at various points to watch shows played by people that represent fire, water, earth, uh, and air. Uh, so I'll be in the earth group, hopefully, and I'll be a tree spirit thing. <laughs> and, um, and basically, like, you know, there's audience interaction. Uh, you know, we're going in, we're grabbing people from the audience like the Fae would, trying to give them food, <laughs> trick them. Uh, you know, there's going to be, like, synchronized and, and time dancing with music. Like, it's a crazy event with so much going on. Um, and I'm not going to be able to record a lot of it because obviously I'm participating in it. Uh, I'll be able to get some footage here and there. Uh, but, yeah, that's really <laughs> what I wanted to share here uh, with the audience, and with you guys. Uh, is that it's it's honestly insane how big this thing is. Uh, again, obviously there's elements that aren't pagan, but it's still really cool that such an event exists. It's it's grown to such a size, uh, and and it is really reviving an ancient tradition. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, that's like absolutely insane. Like to think about, you know, like and I, it, it realistically it hasn't been going on for what 88 that's 30 45 no 45 years what no that's no 88 no that's 34 wait 88 almost 35 why can't i do math i'm 30 i was born in 92 okay okay subtract four years that's 34 you're years. 50 years old ian <laughs> yeah i look pretty damn good for 50 years old that's the case only a few grace no that, that like to to have something like yes i get it like 34 years that's a decent amount of time that is pretty long but to get to that level with that amount of like participation and everything, and, it, and the fact that it started basically as like you said, like a a, a creative protest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, an artistic protest of you know trying to take a place that obviously is very important, you know, to that area and clean it up, and then turn it into what it is now. Like, I mean, there are there are movements and things like that that have been around for far longer that are basically not even remotely close to that in size. Right. I mean, again, like what we're doing in the States, you know, I feel like we've had a very successful few years, but you know, mm -hmm. to like even imagine 50,000 people attending one of our events, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like a high lung show, like the biggest high lung show I've been to, I think was 8,000 people or 9,000 people. So that's probably what that castle fest. Uh, no, well, no, that was a uh, red rocks. Oh, red red rocks. rocks. Yeah. I think it was around 10, a little under 10. Um, and so times that by five, 
Like, Dude, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like the Highland show we went to in Minnesota, that was like 3,000 people. Yeah, it was about 3K, yeah. Yeah, so like not even like, you know, 10 times in that. You know, like so hard to yeah. comprehend. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, oh my God. That's a lot. Like the, the probably the equivalent that I could probably like that I have experienced myself as far as like being around that many people is probably when I went to Warp Tour in 2013. Yeah. That's probably the and that I doubt even that was at 50,000 because it was in I went to the one in Shakopee, Minnesota, in Minnesota, like near Minneapolis. You know, I'm sure there was probably yeah. I mean like, like uh half that. 50,000 is a decent sized stadium, like a pretty pretty large football stadium. Yeah. yeah yeah like i think the I, I can't remember i looked it up once but like the biggest stadium in america i think holds like two hundred eighty thousand. but it's one of the nascar stadiums i think again i'm just going off a of vague memory from research i did two years ago but i think like the biggest football stadium has like sixty thousand or seventy thousand. yeah yeah i mean yeah that's that is just about five times as big as the city that i live in yeah 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 it's crazy um now i don't think they expect those numbers this year uh like those that was uh 2019 was when they had 50,000 so right before mm -hmm. covid uh mm -hmm. and so obviously they're still trying to recover from that uh recover their numbers right. um and now they have the two events as well so i think that's cutting back a little bit and i think they only had one event during the 50,000 year uh so like chances are it's not it's not going to be that this year you know there's still going to be thousands of people watching this event um and it's just really impressive. Like, I, I really got to give a shout out. I mean, if any of those Beltane people are watching, actually, I've been talking about what I've been doing. So if anyone are watching this uh, or listening to this episode, I just want to say, you know, thank you for the warmth. Uh, thank you for the kindness everyone has showed me. Uh, I've met so many individuals over these last couple of weeks. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it's just been talking to people, going up, asking questions, uh, but that has to go both ways. And a lot of people have just been really warm and open uh, and they want to learn what we're doing in the States uh, because a lot of them are, have a lot of questions about paganism in the States and, and, you know, they've all been very genuinely kind and nice. So um, I've really had a great experience, but it's definitely been, it's getting more and more. I'm learning that this is going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and like uh, the question, I guess, regarding it, like, is there, do they have like, I know you said they have like a Facebook group. Do they have like other like um, social media, like aspects of like where they have like videos of like some of their previous events and stuff like that, just to get an yeah, idea they, for they, people. Have you, uh, have you looked up their page Ian? I can't remember. I have not yet. Oh, you should. Uh, uh, but yeah, for anyone out there, let me double check. But they do have an Instagram presence. Like they have a whole group of people that actually take video for their events uh, and put uh, and then they like edit and put it online. I, I did think about doing that, but uh, it just ultimately was not something I was able to commit to. Um, but let me double check here because they I think they're more active on Facebook than they are on Instagram. But everything okay. should be under Beltane Fire Society um, is typically what it's under. Like on Instagram, they have 7,800 followers. Oh, there it is. Found it. Yeah. And so like all of their pictures, like, you know, the moment you like, seriously, if you've never looked up a picture of these events. Holy. Yeah. Like they're yeah. crazy. Like they have the craziest like stuff going on. Yeah. This um, looks awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can, I can see the like, the like you said, the I'm assuming this is, let's see. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Well, I know you said those like the elements and stuff like that too, like fire, earth, and water. And like, yeah, this is—I feel like these individuals are definitely fire. Like, they give me, <laughs> yeah. I mean? And there's like, like some obviously, like I, I won't share all the stories I've been shared because I've heard a lot of stories. But like, there's obviously stuff that happens around it that like you know you can't really even capture in a video and pictures and stuff. So it's like I guess just really an experience, and it's something that's attracting people to to move there. Uh, again, like the woman that's from the states is literally the May Queen this year, um, you know. And I think it's partly she just did it. You know, I think she started as a steward, which is like their most basic role. It's literally, you know, sit there and do this and make sure people don't get in trouble. Yeah. And, you know, she started as that two, two, three years later, she's the May Queen. Uh, so they're really open uh, to, you know, to, to, to things like that and to ideas. Um, like, I think this year, like the Earth Group I'm a part of, it's the first year they're doing this exact thing um and like they're literally just like oh do whatever you want and like they're kind of telling me like hey what can you do and i'm like i don't know like i can dance i can kind of stare into people's souls and make them feel weird and like, <laughs> like i got a lot of experience doing that uh and they're like how do you feel about being a four spirit i'm like i i feel very well about being a four spirit thank you very much <laughs> And now all of a sudden, like we did like a, a a trial run and to see how I could like dance and stuff. And all of a sudden, before I know it, I'm dancing with a bunch of people doing like weird, like, you know, flower throwing dances and all this stuff, uh, you know, and doing like fake antlers and doing primal. And they're like, how do you feel about having antlers on your head? And I'm just like, very good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, and like all of a sudden they're throwing ideas like we're going to be painted green and then also throwing mud everywhere and there's instruments. So I don't know what is going to happen. <laughs> God, dude, that sounds bad. Yes, I'm yeah. totally not jealous. In any shape or form. <laughs> uh, oh, but anyways, yeah, I was going to save this uh, for the podcast here because I was kind of talking to them, uh, the guys here before the show started. But one of the things that's wild is they they have some weird groups and I had some questions going into it. But my favorite weird group now uh, is they have a goblin group. And at first I was like, I don't know about these goblins. <laughs> uh, like that seems a little a little far fetched. You know, I could I could stretch my imagination, but goblins. Uh, but luckily, like the thing I really like is the goblins have a role. They, they build something they call the bower. Uh, which is basically the end point for the event. And that's kind of where everyone decompresses. I guess they even have like uh, hand fastings in there as well. Like that it's like uh, very oh. private. It's for all the, the people helping like the actual audience. I don't actually get, to, they don't actually get to see it. So it's a very secretive thing. And the goblins build this thing and then they take it down the next day. Uh, but obviously they, they act like goblins. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was not convinced until I saw them do the performance at the workshop, like the first, uh, the first thing I went to. And these people full send it. So I don't know if the goblin people are listening or if the people that know the goblin people are listening, but kudos to you because I don't think I could be a goblin. And uh, they, they did awesome. Like, uh, literally, I'll try to, like, mimic them a little bit. But they had, like, this, like, like drawing board. And they come out, and they just, like, they're not dressed as goblins, but they start acting like it. They're like, we are goblins, and we're going to build a bower. And the bower is part of our plan for world domination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're like, you, goblin, you, you know, goblin build. 
goblin party goblin then take down bauer <laughs> oh my god yeah dude, that's funny uh, oh, like dude that yeah, they were just fully in it and if they were not fully in it i don't think it would work but like they they convinced me i'm like you know what the goblins belong here <laughs> <laughs> full send commit i love it oh, yeah man. yeah so it's obviously it's very fluid it's very organic there's some things you don't necessarily expect but like it, it's all in this this uh, this tradition and honoring uh, an ancient past and there's definitely again people that are very much there to make sure that it, it is honoring the pagan past while also maintaining its uh, more openness to the general public yeah uh, that's badass that's really cool like i said totally not jealous or anything <laughs> yeah uh caleb or ian did you guys have any questions about the event i could try to answer that maybe people would have uh <sighs> You know, I guess I I feel like I've well, I guess of knowledge it's, for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So is it? It's it's just is it a one day event? Correct. If I'm not yes, mistaken, one night. It starts at night. nighttime, I believe. It doesn't start till dark, and then it usually goes for about two or three hours, I believe. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's a wild. Damn, that's only like a one night thing. You think? Yeah. Like that's what I was. Festival. That's what the way. Yeah, the way that you've been talking about it, it sounds like almost like a Midgard's blow level. No, like, like literally days. The procession, like the, the procession is led by the May Queen, and then she goes to each individual spot that there is a performance, and then she interacts with that performance, and then like everyone can watch it, and then the procession moves to the next thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Damn. But it seems like as I was walked through today, it seems like it like divulges into something more chaotic towards the end so like it seems very organized at first and then it gets very chaotic <laughs> well, yeah, as you have things goblin tend to do yeah, yeah, right. as, yeah as the closer you get to the goblin bit it gets more, more, more organized. <laughs> yeah but that, and, that seems appropriate though <laughs> yeah and like i mean like some of the things you know obviously they have to make sure people stay safe but i know what the actual stewards are there to take care of or to make sure that the procession stays safe uh, yeah. because the procession is the May Queen, is the drummers and all this stuff. So the, the stewards are there, like the boundary between the people and the procession to make sure they're good. Uh, but when it comes to the safety of people, they've actually employed the city. So they actually do pay the city uh, to have paramedics there, to have police there, and to have like general, I think they actually hire an out outside security firm to run mm -hmm. security for the event. So that way they don't have to worry about the drunkards and stuff like that, which I think is an important thing to, to think for the Fellowship of Northern Traditions if we need to choose to have a larger event is not try to security it ourselves, but actually just go to an outside hire, be like, hey, we're gonna have an event. That way we don't have to worry about that. We just pay someone. Yeah. No, that's actually, yeah, this is a, I mean, honestly, it's a really good, I feel like experience or like learning experience for, for us, you know, going forward, like you said, if, once we get to a point of being, I would, you know, I would, 50,000 people is a lot of people, but, you know, say we even get to like several hundred, you know. Well, I mean, our largest one of our singular event was 77 people, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. So we've been almost about 100 people. Yeah. And but... I think we're, uh, you know, Mary and Logan and I have talked about trying to do 100 for Yule if we can find a spot. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we want to make sure we're gro growing naturally because if you go from 70 to 1,000, there's a lot of different oh, variables, yeah. you know, so we want to go to 100, see how we do at 100, because 77 was a little crazy, uh, because that's when we had the multiple houses, we had, you know, half the people in this house over here, half the people in this house over here, we had multiple leaders in each house, we were walking and talking to one another to make sure everything was communicated, we had to communicate different meals and all this stuff, but we also had to do 77 for three nights, you know, it wasn't, that yeah. so I think once you change it to a two or three hour event, it does change quite a bit. 
Well, also, yeah, did you, are you guys also using walkie talkies during that event as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, we were, we were hell yeah, walkie talkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, with you having, you know, being as involved with it as you are, I think is, yeah, I think it's a lot of knowledge to be taken from that as far as like for us moving forward with events which i think is really good I yeah and like... i mean and it's not like i'm doing this secretly to the audience out there like i've, I've straight oh, yeah. them. like i am observing because i want to try to do something similar in the states and they're po- perfectly cool with it um like i've even suggested like there's actually a spot in the states i'm already thinking about like it'd be really cool to try to do this ourselves and you know and if if we get the blessing and then maybe even like the collaboration from the fire society to kind of you know give us that backing to be like hey this is what they're doing in edinburgh we're going to try to do it here in the States. You know, they're kind of giving us, uh, you know, tutoring us a little bit. That would be a great relationship. Will that happen? I'm not sure. Am I trying to make it happen? Yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for real, yeah, I go mean, talk to the earth people in Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> honestly, they, like... live, uh, they live in uh, Scotland full time now. Oh, oh, do they? they? Yeah. They okay. Really everything over there. <laughs> Never yeah, mind that. Yeah, they were part of the pagan scene pretty heavy, I think, in the 90s and the 2000s and stuff like that. And then they moved to Scotland like 15 years ago. Uh, nice. So I got to move to Scotland. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I definitely, you know, I highly recommend anyone out there. Like, this would be a great pilgrimage. Not necessarily to volunteer, but just to experience. experience I think this, this would be a really cool, like, Scotland's already dope. You'll have plenty of fun things to do in Edinburgh. Take a day trip to the Highlands, but then try to schedule it around Beltane or Samhain. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Yeah. God, that sounds dope. I'm I'm curious about their Samhain stuff because naturally that's along um, my dark spooky lines. I was told a little those. bit about it today, uh, and they do stuff with the Kaliak, which is the the Celtic winter goddess. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was like that name sounds familiar, and it's bothering me that I couldn't think of it off. Yeah, I don't know any other details besides that, but yeah, I know it's, it involves the Kaliak. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And again, that's one of the things like, again, like uh, the, the May Queen this year, like she really cares about the pagan elements. Like she really, really cares. Uh, like she she works. I think I believe she is pagan. She works with the Celtic deities. And so she really is taking a very serious religious role in this. Uh, and I think that's that's really cool to see um, is it's not necessarily all theater. Like, again, there is that pagan component. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much. Yeah. Like you said, it's not so much just for show, but there is like people that genuinely practice it yeah and i mean like again like you saw those pictures like the pictures look dope and that's what happens when you do you know you have theatrical moments it looks dope uh you know but you always have that respect at the same time like why are we doing this and i think that's uh, really the line we have to stand on as people practicing this religion today you know obviously what we do with the fellowship of northern traditions especially like the wolf ritual at north carolina Mm -hmm. it looked dope but <laughs> is it maintaining that boundary of respect at the same time? And I think very we, much so. I think we've done a good job. Like, honestly, I think typically we always do things from a perspective of how does this honor the source material, the poetic edda, the stories, whatnot. You know, we don't ever do things just because it looks cool. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. A, a byproduct is it looks cool in the end, but. Because somebody has good editing skills. <laughs> oh god no that's a good point though i mean yeah because i mean just like from thinking about our stuff that we've done in the past like we've obviously done rituals and things like that that we decided that we weren't going to film because of the 
the intention or the significance behind it and out of like a out of a respect for what we were doing or at least not the entirety of it a very small part of it like the first one that i can come up with that i can think of off the top of my head is the um uh the odin ritual that you and blade did in pennsylvania where we basically offered secrets to odin oh like, yeah I mean, yeah yeah because for that part i mean the only part that was filmed was when people were basically like the beginning part with you and blade like you on the rock yeah but their actual secrets part was not filmed at all exactly and then, yeah. and then really my ritual after that uh was not recorded like the ancestor ritual yeah uh, like all i only had was the audio from it um, yeah. And then the ritual we did in the Netherlands, uh, it was a primal based ritual and it was a very tight space. So it didn't make sense to film anyways. I was like, no, let's let people go full primal. You know, the people in the Netherlands are not quite used to the camera yet, which is fine. And so I don't want to take away from their, their chance and opportunity to, to really get into it. So I, 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 yeah. And I, I really think that's often the, the judgment call as well is, you know, you have to kind of make on the spot. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. Well, boys, I think we've been recording a while here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't actually know how long this episode has become because I lost track of time. Um, but uh, about, an, about an hour? I, I think it's about well, 48 uh, minutes because we started a little bit after three, I think. Didn't Not we? three. It's two? Well, it's almost nine here for me. I have no clue. We're in three different time zones, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We have no idea what's going on. As you can tell, they have sun if you're watching. It's dark. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is guess. bedtime for me. And I got to report. I got to edit the first podcast we did. Uh, so anyways, let us close this episode. I'm very excited. Again, thank you to everyone who's been warm and welcoming to, uh, to me from the Fire Society. Uh, if you're interested in checking them out, it's just Beltane Fire Society. You'll find them. Uh, they're the biggest Beltane celebration in, uh, in Edinburgh. And I think that they're the biggest in Scotland and biggest in the world. Uh, really cool. I really recommend if you can try to make it out to it. It's getting bigger every year. Uh, so before it gets too big, come and enjoy it. Uh, but thank you everyone for tuning in with us. Uh, make sure you check out our northerntraditions.org uh, for all upcoming events. Uh, listen to the episodes and uh, yeah. So uh, let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, let's go. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs>